Welcome to the podcast from In Church, Phoenix. This message is, Digging Ditches, with Pastor Scott Dawkins. February 12, 2017. You know, I think if we were to go around the room, I, I think we would find out fairly quickly if we were to ask the question, is there anything that you're believing God for? Even if it's just one thing, is there anything that you're believing, trusting? Is, is there something in your life where faith is operating or faith needs to operate? Hopefully, we would all say yes. Hopefully, we could all answer that and say, yeah, there is. And there probably, you know, with how many of the people we have in the room, 100 or so people, we would probably see a whole range of different answers to that. But at the end of the day, every single person probably in this room is believing God, is, is trusting God for something and at least one area of our lives. And we're standing, we're believing, we're hoping, and we're praying. We're standing firm, we're believing God's Word. We're hoping in Christ more than our circumstances. We're praying for God to move. And whatever it is that you're believing God for, I want to share a word today that I hope will encourage us all in, in our faith. And so my prayer today is that, that God's Word today would build our faith. Amen? So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for, Lord, the time of praise and worship that we had. We thank you for your presence here with us. And Lord, I pray that you would help me to communicate your Word today. Lord, in your Word there is life. And in, in your Word, Lord, it changes us and transforms us. So, Lord, I pray that you would help me today, Lord, communicate, Lord, what your life-changing word says. And uh, so we commit this time, we commit this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, in 2 Kings chapter 3, starting with verse 1, it says, Now Jehoram the son of Ahab became king over Israel at Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat king of Judah, and reigned for 12 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and mother, for he put away the sacred pillar of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he persisted in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin, and he did not depart from them. Now Mesha, the king of Moab, was a sheep breeder, and he regularly paid the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams. But it happened when Ahab died that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. All right, I need to pause there because I just threw out a whole bunch of names. So I need some help. Can I uh, get Brandon and Lawrence and uh, Christian and maybe Ethan? Could you guys come up here for a second? All right, so I want to uh, illustrate what's going on here a little bit. So we have Jehoram, who is the son of Ahab, and Jehoram is the king of Israel. Let's make that Ethan. King Jehoram, all right? Okay, Ahab, who is Jehoram's dad, let's make this Lawrence, okay? Nice families, happy families. All right, and then we have Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, who wants to be Jehoshaphat? And he's the good king. 
All right. But Christian is Jehoshaphat. Now, what happened is we have the king of Moab. That's Misha. This is this, is this man here. And back when Ahab, raise your hand, Ahab. When Ahab was still the king of Israel, Misha would pay the king Ahab 100,000 sheep and the wool from 100,000 rams. And they had this deal going on. And there's a little bit of history there, and we could go into that, but we don't need to today. So there was this deal that would go on, and Misha, the king of Moab, would pay the king of Israel, Ahab, that much every year. Every year that would go on. Okay, and so what happened is Ahab <coughs> dies. Sorry. You can go and sit down, Ahab. Thank you. Leaving his son in charge as the king now. All right. And, and this, this guy, Jehoram, was a little bit better than his dad because at least he did away with the Baal, you know, the pillar of Baal kind of thing. So he still wasn't doing a great job now. We're just not, not Ethan, okay? Jehoram we're talking about. Ethan's a great young man of God. Amen. But, uh, but he wasn't, he's a little bit better. Jehoram was a little bit better than his dad, but still wasn't doing great in terms of what God was saying. And so when, when Misha heard that Ahab was dead, Misha's thinking, you know what, I think I don't have to pay. I'm not going to bother paying anymore. Now that Ahab's gone, let's, uh, let's not worry about that anymore. And, and Jehoshaphat comes into play a little bit later, but there's two kings. When we talk about the Israelite people, there was, there was the king of Israel, and in this case, it is now Jehoram, and the other king was the king of Judah. And so Israel was kind of split into two kingdoms. So we have the king of Israel, Jehoram, and we have the king of Judah, which is King Jehoshaphat. And so they both kind of lead the Israelite nation. They're kind of together, even though Jehoram's off kind of doing some things he shouldn't be doing. Okay, so you got the picture? So verse 6. So King Jehoram went out of Samaria at that time and, and mustered all of Israel because... He wasn't getting the, the stuff anymore. He wasn't getting the sheep and the wool anymore from, from Misha. So he went out and mustered all of Israel. In verse 7, then he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And king Jehoshaphat said, I will go up. I am as you are. My people as your people. My horses as your horses. And then he said, which way shall we go? And he answered, by the way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days, and there was no water for the army, for the animals, nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them, into the hand of Moab. In other words, we've got all our armies together. We're out walking to go and get what belongs to us. And now we find ourselves with no water for all the army, for all the animals where we're done, where we're going to die here, King Jehoram was saying. 
They have no water. They're about to go to water, go to war to claim what should have been paid to them. And now they're not even going to make it there. They're going to die in the wilderness because of a lack of water. And I love looking at King Jehoram's words. Alas, ever said that? Maybe not. Woe is me. Just a real quick thought here. Don't mistake a temporary setback for a permanent problem. Don't, don't mistake a, a temporary setback for a permanent problem. You know, we, we often will say things like, I'll never make it. I'll never have enough. I'll never get a job. I'll never find a husband or a wife. I'll never pay off this debt. I'll never be healed. I'll never be free from this addiction. I'll never be free from my insecurity. I want to encourage us today, don't let, don't mistake a temporary setback for a permanent problem. When you're in the wilderness, remind yourself, tell yourself, and give yourself an uppercut, as we would say. Do you say that here? No, do you know what an uppercut is? Like it's a boxing term. I like, yeah, an uppercut. Sorry, uppercut. Hey? Help me, Trev. <laughs> Remind yourself, this is just temporary. You'll get through this because God will bring you through, just like he has every other time. Amen? Okay, let's verse 10. And the, and the king of Israel had said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Verse 11. This is the good king. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may, that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Let's just look at the different responses here for a second. We have the king of Israel, Jehoram, saying, Alas, woe is me. We're going to die. And then King Jehoshaphat says, Let's go to the word of God. King Jehoram says, we're going to lose. And King Jehoshaphat says, let's hear what the king of kings has to say. See, fear will say, we're not going to make it. Faith says, God will bring me through it. Fear believes what my eyes see. And faith believes what my God says. I want to say that again. Fear believes what my eyes see. But faith believes what my God says. So what do you do? What do you do in those moments? Because those are, mo those are crossroad moments. There's a moment of choice there that we all have. And we've all had those choices before of either staying awake late at night, laying in bed, worrying and fearing, and, and then choosing, am I going to allow fear to dominate or am I going to let faith rise? Because there's a choice moment here. And you know, we, had a, we had a lady... Uh, a week in, in a church some years ago, and her father had been laid off from work. And, uh, and, and so money got very, very tight. They're still having to pay the house bill. They're still having to feed themselves. They're still having to do a whole bunch of things. But the, but the income went way, way down. And I remember when we were still uh, a few years ago, and, and this lady, she stood up in church. And, and knowing, not everyone know, but, but knowing what she was going through, and she stood up in front of the church and gave an offering talk 
that it, despite all the fear and despite the lack and despite the worrying that there's, there's no water, that there's no provision, that there's nothing there, she stood up and she spoke faith. She stood up in the midst of that and spoke out this great word of faith to the whole church about how she can trust God and that God has supplied every need and God has, has met her every step. And then there's a, there was a man in our church and uh, a few years ago he found out he had cancer and, and many of you would know this man but I won't uh, say who it is just for his own um, privacy reasons but found out that he had cancer and his family had disowned him many, many years ago. He'd been to churches and, and, and because maybe he's not the, the nicest uh, addressed person in the world, a lot of churches kind of shunned him and, and didn't want him to be a part. They kind of even encouraged him to maybe move along, maybe go and find somewhere else. And so this man was uh, in the wilderness, so to speak. And he comes to church as his health is starting to, to wane. And, and as much as his health would allow, he would be at church. And he would he'd even bring other people along to church as well. And he'd still serve every time that he could, every time he was strong enough. At the end of service, he'd be stacking chairs at the end. And despite his own financial hardships, I found out not from him, but from someone else that he gave a, a young single woman a car so that she could get around. And despite his own wilderness of cancer and despite his own wilderness of sickness, he never let that stop him. And he would still get up and he'd still look for a way to bless and he would still look for a way to, to show others the love of Christ through his own life. See, there's a crossroad we, that we come to when we're in those places. What are we going to do? Are we going to just kind of have a, a little pity party? And I, I've been there. I've had a few parties of pity in my time or do we allow faith to rise up and say no nah, god god's got this god knows god knows he brought us this far he's not going to stop stop there so what drives us when we're in the wilderness is it fear or is it faith do we worry or do we worship do we stay where we are or do we pray where we are do we quit or do we press in to God, do we look for a way out, or we do? Do we look for a way to, to Jesus? In Psalm 27, David wrote these verses. He said, "I I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for your Lord. Wait for the Lord." It says, "I believe." The first words, "I believe that I shall." In other words, it hasn't happened yet. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. I can't see the goodness of the Lord right now. I can't. I, I know it's there, but I just can't see it. But, but David says, I believe that I will. That's what we do when we're in those crossroad moments. We have to allow faith to rise up and say, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, I'm not going to die in this place. This isn't going to be what takes me out. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then he says, so wait. Wait for the Lord. We're not good at waiting. But, but wait for the Lord and be strong. 
and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So let's get back now to, to these guys out in the wilderness in 2 Kings 3, picking up at verse 12. And, and Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom were down, went down to him. Verse 13, Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, Now this is Jehoram he's speaking to, What have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and, and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three, thing, three, <laughs> these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts live before whom I stand, surely were it not for that I respect the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. Verse 15. But now... Bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord. Now, I was expecting to read something different to that. I mean, you've got all these armies. You've got all these men. You're on your way and, and, you, and you're out of water. And, and, and Elisha says, make this valley full of ditches. What? It's like one of those moments like, is there anyone else up there? Can't you just do what Moses did? Can't you just like tap a rock and then water will come out? That'd be more convenient. Can't you do it the way that you've done it before, God? Can't you answer my prayer the way that you've answered it before? Can't you do for us what you did for Moses? Can't you just make it rain now? I mean, that would be easier, that would be more convenient, that would be quicker, and that would be less work. We're, we're thirsty now, God. It's not like we're, we're going to be, like we're thirsty now. Seven days have been walking around in this wilderness, no water. We want water now. Isn't that, isn't that us? We want God to answer our prayer now. Make this valley full of ditches. And when it comes to our faith, the things that we're believing God for, I think there are three things that we can learn through this passage this morning. And the first one is, and it's, I'm talking about our faith this morning. I'm not talking about going out in the desert and digging, digging ditches, okay? This is metaphorical, just putting it out there. When it comes to our faith, I believe there are three things that will help us to grow and to stay true to our faith and what we're trusting and believing God for. But the first point is this, dig thirsty. God asked them to dig thirsty. They were thirsty. They were ready for a drink. But before they could get to the drink, the word of the Lord said, go and make this valley full of ditches. You know, sometimes we have to dig thirsty. And it's hard to work when you're thirsty. It's hard to work when everything in you just needs sustenance, but you have to work through the thirst. When you're working, when what you're working for is what you're yearning for, you dig thirsty. You know, I don't know if you've ever been dehydrated before. You've got to that point where you get so thirsty, where only water is what you're looking for. I mean, you could set out a, a nice tall can of Coke or a, a can of Dr. Pepper, whatever it is, whatever floats your boat, or a nice, nice drink, cold drink of water. I don't know if you've ever been in those moments where you've just been so thirsty 
that it doesn't matter what else is on offer. Just give me water. Just give me water. And our faith sometimes and quite often brings us to this point where, where what we need, what we desperately need, even it goes even more to desire. It becomes a, a need, a, a real need, where what we need is water. What we need is God. What we need is what He wants to do in our lives. So when what we're working towards is what God has for us, uh, sometimes we, we can get drawn away. We can, we can get drawn away to the quick fix stuff. If you're single and, and desiring a, a godly relationship, uh, it's hard to work towards that sometimes if we, if we get impatient because we just want to pursue something now. Maybe we look for the, the partner. Maybe you look for the, the person in the wrong places, but there's someone that would just satisfy now rather than waiting on someone who pursues God and loves God just as much as, as we do. You're doing your best to walk out your life with Jesus, but when trials come along, you go back to the things that bring a temporary distraction. So sometimes we have to dig thirsty. Maybe you're believing for a breakthrough in business, but it's difficult to maintain integrity when you can see other businesses cutting corners and doing things that they shouldn't be doing. But your integrity means, no, I've got, I've got to be integral and, and I, I, I can't afford to, to not be integral. So you just stay and you keep digging that ditch, trusting that God's going to bring the provision. He's going to bring the breakthrough that you're looking for in your business. Sometimes we have to dig thirsty. We know what we need. We know what God wants us to have. And so we keep on digging, waiting on God to bring the water. Sometimes we just have to dig thirsty for, for what only God can and will bring and not what we might be able to get from others. Psalm 107 verse 9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. He satisfies the, the longing soul. God will satisfy the longing of your soul, but be patient for his timing. Because sometimes we have to dig a little bit thirsty. I love that verse. He satisfies the, the longing soul. Well, what if my soul's not longing? Then I don't know that he, there's anything for him to satisfy. But when, when our soul is longing and when our hungry and our hungry soul, he fills with good things. But we, got some, we will find ourselves in those places where our soul is longing and our hungry soul. Our, our soul is hungry for, for the things of God. And if we just wait, if we don't try and fill it with something else, the Word says he, he satisfies. He satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul, He fills with good things. He doesn't have to satisfy the content soul. He doesn't have to satisfy the, the self-sufficient soul. He doesn't have to satisfy the I did it my way soul. If you have a longing soul or a hungry soul, then you're actually in a good place. It doesn't feel like it sometimes. When, you're, when you have a longing soul, you know something's missing. You'll know, you know that there's a gap. You know there's a void. Because of what God's Word says, you're actually in a good place. Second point. The first one is dig thirsty. Second point, dig deep. Now, I wish I had a, a big bowl of M&Ms or something like that. And, and if I could illustrate it, what I would do is I would probably bring up a young man like Thomas 
and have him stand here and get him. And I just start pouring M&Ms out of this into his hands. Now, like the rest of you, I know what Thomas would do. And what I would do is I try and make my hands as big as I could so that I could hold all that I could. If I was Thomas and I told Thomas, hey, I'm just going to pour these out as much as your hands can take, he's not going to do this. He is going to get his whole body involved. He's going to, you know, you know and he's going to try and, and hold as much M&Ms as he can. And I think it's the same here as well. When, when the instruction came to, to make this valley full of ditches, I don't think they were out there with little spades and little shovels just taking a little bit of topsoil off and throwing it aside. Okay, there's my ditch. Really? Are you, are you not thirsty? Because God's going to fill whatever you dig. He's going to fill with water. So if you're thirsty, and if you're as thirsty as you say you are, then how, dig are you gonna, how deep are you going to dig that well? The purpose that we're talking about here is, is that we desire to receive from God. Digging deep is about keeping and reaffirming our faith, saying, I'm digging this. I'm digging it deep because I know that whatever I dig, God's going to pour in. I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to keep digging. You know what happens? I haven't dug a hole actually here in Arizona. I've dug plenty in Australia. So I don't know what it would be like to go out in the middle of the desert and try and start digging a hole. I imagine it, the ground would be a little bit hard and a little bit crusty. But I know there are times when I, when I dug some holes in Australia and, and you'd hit rock eventually. You, know, you hit some rocks. You start digging a hole. You want to maybe plant, put a plant in there. So you start digging a hole and, and you dig down and, and your spade or your shovel hits a rock. So you've got to dig some rocks out. And I'm sure it was no different for these guys. When they're digging, sometimes you hit some things as you're digging down. Maybe, maybe as we're, we're digging this out and we're trusting and we're believing God to fill something and to bring something into our lives, that there's sometimes some things that he wants to take out of our lives in the process. That there's like a refining process that goes on in our lives. And we dig down and we hit this rock called pride. Oh, man, that one hurt. I felt the jar through the hole. The shovel, so you dig it and you dig it out and you, and you get it out and you, and you keep digging. Bam. Oh, man, I just hit insecurity there. Man, that's a big one. That, that's a big rock to get out. And so you dig it and you, and you, and you, but you know that if he can get that out, then God's going to bring something to fill it in. And the more that we dig and we dig these things out, God's changing us. God's doing something in our character. So we, we're digging thirsty, but it's important that we dig deep. But even though we're going to hit some rocks sometimes. There might be some rocks in there, some, some issues in our life. Maybe there's some sin in there in our lives that we, that we dig that and we hit that and God says, yeah, that's got to come out too. That's not gonna, that hole that you've got right now isn't going to contain everything that I want to pour in there. You've got to move some of these things out of, of your life. And so we, we dig and we dig and we dig because we're trusting and we're believing God. They're talking about a process of faith this morning. There may be some rocks that God wants, to, wants us to dig up and throw away so that he can fill in more. So it's hard to dig deep when you're thirsty, but what God wants to pour into your life is so, so much better than anything else. And so let's dig deep. In verse 16, back to Second Kings. So Elisha just said, Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. 
verse 17. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. My third point this morning is dig thirsty, dig deep. And then the number three, dig anyway. Dig anyway. You know, it can be hard digging ditches, the dry ground, the, the digging, the thirsty sweat, blisters, sore back. And, you, and, and every time you're kind of going down to scoop more dirt out of that hole, you're looking up at the sky thinking, man, there better be some clouds showing up soon. I'm looking for this rain. Where, where's this water coming from? And you, and you keep digging. No clouds, no wind, no rain. So you dig for another hour and you're looking. You're looking, you're trying to figure out how God's going to bring the rain. And so there's no clouds after one hour, no wind, no rain, nothing that even looks like water. It is going to fill the ditches. Just like our faith. We believe, we dig thirsty, we dig deep, we dig out the rocks, and we look for how God's going to bring the provision. We try and figure it out for God. We try and think, okay, yeah, God knows I need this. He's probably going to bring it this way, or he's probably going to bring it that way. There's probably going to be a a check in the mail, or there's probably going to be some other way that God's going to bring it into our lives. And so we try and figure it out for God, and so we're looking for the areas and we're looking for the avenues that God's going to bring it. And, and, And he never does, at least for me. I look and I, and I see, I'm looking for the, the, the skies and I'm, I'm looking for the rain clouds and, and there's nothing there. It's clear blue skies. I'm thinking, why am I digging this hole? Why am I, why am I doing this? Why? This is tiring. This is discouraging. I don't want to do this anymore. So we look and it's nothing. But God has a way of surprising us, doesn't he? with his methods. We, we might think God is going to bring the water one way and then he brings it another way that we didn't even see coming. You may have been lonely for years, but you stayed close to God and followed his word and you didn't compromise believing for a husband or a wife and then suddenly. Or you may have been working for years on your, on your business, believing that God is going to bless it and, in a particular way, but the, the blessing may come from somewhere else that you never even considered. You may have been faithfully giving your tithes and your offerings to God by faith, believing that God will, will meet all your needs, and, but, but you still can't see the provision. You know, in our first year, when we first moved here and, and we started the church, we, we started up in, the, in Stetson Hills School in, in that first year. And uh, it was an interesting year to start a church from, from nothing. From, it was just five of us, me, Sam, and three kids. That was it. Welcome to Imaginations Church. And uh, come and meet the family. Yep. And I remember in that first year, and uh, you know, every, every Friday we had these signs that I would go and put out on the corners of 39th and Happy Valley and 45th, I think it is, and Happy Valley. And I'd go and put them up every Friday. I'd go and set them out. And as I set them out, I'm praying over these signs saying, God, would you, would you show, would, would you... God guide people's eyes to these signs so they would come on Sunday. And, uh, and then on Sunday afternoon, I'd go and pick them up and, and take them back home, put them in the garage. And uh, I remember one Sunday, we had, we, had a great, we had a good service, except there was hardly anybody there. And uh, I remember 
week after week after week, it just felt like, I don't know what it was. It was just, there's hardly anybody there. And, and I thought, you know, Jesus says, you know, I will build my church. I thought, that's not what's going on here. As Jesus was building it, this church would be bigger. I seem to be the one, me and Sam, we're like, we seem to be the only ones that are, that are building and yet nothing's happening. And, and I went and got the signs one time and I was feeling pretty beat up. And I just felt like I'd been digging these ditches for, for so long. Digging, 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 digging. And uh, one Sunday I was driving home after picking up the signs. And like I said, I was pretty discouraged. And I just had the biggest pity party I think anyone has ever had in the world. You know, I, I was just in a bad place and I was just like, yeah, devil, why, just go and kick me again. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in that spot where you're just like, God doesn't seem to be doing anything and everything else bad just seems to be happening just a week after week after week after week. Just hit me again. Hit me again. Hit me again. And I'll just keep standing back up and I'll just keep going at it again and hit me again. Hit me again. And I remember in that time of, God, are, are you there? And I just felt like that I just have to keep digging anyway. I just have to keep digging anyway because what I see with my eyes isn't what God sees. What I see with my eyes is discouragement. What I see with my eyes is lack. What I, what I see with my eyes is, is not enough. But what God sees is, are you doing what I called you to do? Yes, Lord, I am. Then don't worry about the results. Are you being obedient to what I've asked you to do? Yes, Lord, I am. As, I mean, as, as good as I know to. I'm not perfect, but, but, but I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. He said, well, that's success. That is success. If you can hold on to your faith and not give up and stick it out despite what your eyes are seeing, despite what the world is saying, despite what's happening in around you, if you can hold on to your faith and say, but Lord, I'm not giving up. I am doing what you have called me to do. Then that's success. God will take care of everything else. He really will build His church. He really will do all the things. He really is your provider. He really is your healer. He really is your Savior and your Redeemer. He really is. Even when we don't always feel like it, He truly, truly is. And so we dig anyway. We dig anyway. Even when it doesn't look like rain, we dig anyway. We may never see how God is going to pour it out, but dig anyway. You know, we, we check every possible way that God will do it, and then God does it another way. Our lesson today is that we dig anyway. And so if you're in a season of digging a ditch today, keep digging. Keep seeking God. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep the digging going. Keep reading the Bible. Keep praying. Keep digging. Keep hoping. Keep praising. Keep worshiping. Keep going. And don't stop. Don't stop. Keep digging even when it seems impossible God looks at those situations and says I've got that covered dig anyway even when it looks impossible seems impossible dig anyway and be confident and encouraged God will do it and he will do it his way in Isaiah 55 it says for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways 
higher than your ways than my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, don't try and figure it out for God because we never can and we never will. Are we doing what He called us to do? Are we holding on by faith? If we are, then that's what we do. We dig thirsty sometimes and we dig it deep and we dig anyway. After Elisha says, make the valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind nor rain, uh, yet that valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle and your enemies, animals, animals may drink. Verse 18. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. And he will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Also you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good place of land with stones. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water. Verse 20 says, Now it happened in the morning. It didn't happen on the day that they were digging. I wonder if they went to bed that night, kind of how we do sometimes, a little bit discouraged, thinking, man, I thought we were digging for water. I thought we were going to hit China if we kept digging. We were thirsty. And you get to the end of a day of digging ditches, and there's still no water. It says in the morning, when the grain offering was offered. I want to talk about that just for a second. The grain offering. It's significant because it was a thanksgiving offering. The grain offering was a thanksgiving offering. But there's something wrong here because there's nothing for them to give thanks about yet. There's no water yet. It says, now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered. So they had to bring the grain offering first. That suddenly water came by way of Edom. In other words, our thanksgiving often needs to come before the provision. Faith says, I know I haven't got it yet, but God's bringing it. I see it by faith. I believe it by faith. I receive it by faith. But it's not there yet. I, I spent all day digging, I spent all day digging, but it's not there yet. But faith says it's there. It's there, and I'm going to thank Him for it. You may not see it there yet, but I, but I know it's there. And so I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to bring a grain offering. I'm going to bring a, a thanksgiving offering. And it says when they brought a thanksgiving offering, a, a, thanks, a thanksgiving worship, a, a praise, then it was the praise and it was the thanksgiving that unlocked the water coming. In, in our lives, I don't know what it is. When you thought of that thing in your life, right back at the beginning of the message, and I said, there's something in your life that you're trusting and believing God for. Have you praised Him for it yet, even though you don't see it? Have you thanked Him for it yet, even though you don't have it physically yet? Can you see it? Can you believe that God has given it to you and begin to thank Him and praise Him for it, even though you know it's still not filling the ditches yet. That's such a key to our faith that we can come and say, Lord, I know, I know there's lack. I know we've been digging these ditches for, for some of us in this room for years. And we've been digging thirsty and we've been digging it deep and we've been digging it, digging it anyway. Maybe something that we might just need to, to bring now is to thank Him for that, to thank Him for it. 
Because as we do, it says, Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered, that suddenly water came. Suddenly. I love that word, suddenly. Suddenly, water came by way of Edom, and the land was filled with water. There was some waiting, and there was some worshiping. God didn't bring the water until after the grain offering. They brought the grain offering for something that God hadn't done yet. But it was the praising, it was the thanksgiving, it was the gratitude that that triggered God bringing the water. When it comes to God's Word, it's not a matter of if, but when. When it comes to God's Word, it's not a matter of if, but when. Now I encourage you today, dig the ditches. You may have to dig it thirsty. Guessing you are, like me, we all have dig ditches to dig and we dig thirsty and let's dig deep let's not quit let's not stop let's not stop digging we may hit some rocks there are some things as we're digging that god wants us to deal with there are things as we're digging that god wants to draw out of our life so that he can fill in so that he can bring and we we just keep digging and we keep digging anyway knowing that god's going to bring it and just attach our praise and our thanksgiving to that amen amen let's pray this morning Lord God, I thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, I pray, Lord, just as it has encouraged me, Lord, that your word would encourage us all, Lord, in our faith. And Lord, I know, Lord, that various situations, various circumstances, Lord, that so many of us are here, are, so to speak, digging ditches. But Lord, I pray that this morning that we would be encouraged to know, Lord, that, that we're not alone. Lord, that there are brothers and sisters right around us that are in the same position, the same spot, as we are. I know we can feel alone in it sometimes, but Lord, I know that that together, Lord, we are all, Lord, together digging these ditches, Lord, because you're wanting to bring something into our life, Lord, that's going to bring life, and it's going to be better than anything that we could ever have done on our own, and anything better than anything that we could have achieved on our own. So Lord, I pray right now that you would increase, Lord, that you'd encourage us, encourage our faith this morning, encourage us as we're digging this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for those who have been digging the ditches for so long and Lord that they haven't given up Lord I pray that you would encourage them to keep digging and Lord for those those of us and we all probably have had times where we have given up and that we've stopped and we've allowed discouragement to stop us Lord I pray that we would allow our faith to rise again Lord I pray that we would pick up the spade and the shovel again and we'd go back to digging again Lord digging those ditches Lord I pray Lord for, for dreams that that have been in people's hearts, but but they let it go, they let it die, they, they let discouragement take it away, or they, they thought it was impossible. Lord, let those dreams come alive again. Let those those dreams and those visions and those those things come alive again in our life. Lord, that we would be digging these ditches, Lord, that, that reveal your greatness ultimately, Lord, and, and your goodness, Lord, to us. And we thank you, Lord, that we don't do it alone. And we praise you this morning. Lord, we praise you in advance this morning for those things, Lord, that we're praising, that we're believing for. Lord, we give you thanks for those things. Lord, we bring, in a sense, our own grain offering this morning, our our thanksgiving that that says thank you, Lord, for the provision that you're you're bringing into our life. Lord, whether it's in a job or whether it's a, 
a relationship or whether it's finances or whether it's in the in areas of health, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise this morning, Lord Jesus, for what we're trusting and believing you for. We thank you in advance. We praise you in advance. We, our eyes don't see it yet, but our faith sees it. Our faith knows it. We thank you, Lord, that, that suddenly, suddenly you can fill those ditches. It may not come from where we think. It doesn't matter because you can fill it and you can do it suddenly. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray this. We commit all these things, Lord, and, and one another to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope it blessed and encouraged you. Join us live on Sunday or at our Midweek Connect small group meetings in North Phoenix, Arizona.